I have the privilege of just sharing with you this morning, and we're going to talk about something that we all deal with, something we all face. How many of you know that all of us are in a battle? Yeah. How all of us are in a war? And it's a spiritual war. It's something that's not seen sometimes. But, uh, you know, I, I really feel like I have something. I want to give you some weapons. You know, sometimes, you know, you go, you, you, you come to church and you hear things. But I want you to walk out with something this morning that you can apply to your life. Is that all right? And so I want to talk about the, just kind of the spiritual warfare that goes on. I ask you one thing to do this week on Friday. I leave to go to England. I'm going to be there for 10 days. I'm going to be preaching at churches and a conference uh, there. So I ask you to pray for How many of you say, Pastor Bob, I'll pray for you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And so also I'll be celebrating my birthday there while I'm there in another country. So it'll be kind of fun. My wife already took me out. So, all right. Y'all quiet today. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get into the Word, okay? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to talk a lot about Ephesians here. And really what it is, it's just a, it kind of gives us an opportunity to see kind of what we deal with and, and what God tells us how we need to deal with things. This is Paul speaking to the church, and he says, Finally, be strong. Say when we say be strong. Be strong. In the Lord, in, the mighty, in his mighty power. Put on. Say it with me. Say put on. put on. Aren't you glad people put on their clothes this morning? Yes. Come on. All right. It said, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So the enemy has schemes. He has things that he's thinking about, how to trip us up. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against, against the authorities, against powers of the dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. So what he's saying, be strong. In the Bible, if you look in the Bible, in the Old Testament, New Testament, actually what God does, he tells, uh, tells the children of Israel, be strong and know that I'm the Lord. In Joshua, he tells them, be strong in the Lord. And so what happens is in this portion of Scripture, Paul's saying, be strong in God. So how do we be strong in Pastor, uh, Pastor Bubba? How do we be strong in God? So we know this, that the devil is like he has a whiteboard, and he's trying to make strategies, trying to figure out systems and ways that he can trip you up. How many of you feel like sometimes you feel under intense pressure sometimes in your life, and you feel like things are trying to trip you up, things you're going through, things you're thinking about, maybe your husband and you get in a fight, or something happens, you feel like tripping them up. Come on. All right. I hope I'm in the right message. But our struggle is not against your boss. It's not against your spouse. It's not against Donald Trump. And it's not against the NFL. See, there's another realm that, there's another realm that, that what you are experiencing right now and what you know it, whether you know it or not. Therefore, the Bible says, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. In other words, it's not, it's not if, you're, if it's coming, the battle, it's but when. How many of you know that either, you're either in a battle right now, you're coming out of a battle, or you're fixing to go into a battle? Come on. We're all in some kind of phase in our life. We're all facing different things in our life. And so what happens is, what would it, what would it look like if you could just start winning some of your battles? Some of us have battles that we deal with in our minds, you know, our emotions, and we feel like, you know, I don't know if I can ever overcome this. Maybe we've heard things, well, your papa was like that, your daddy was like that, your uncle Touchette was like that, your uncle whatever, foo-foo, whatever, I don't know. But what happens is, is like we think, well, you know what? How many ever heard of things called generational curses? 
where it just gets passed down. I know people that have been, you know, their great-grandfather was an alcoholic and went through that. I know in my family there was immorality. Every, I, I can go back three generations. Everyone in my family, except my wife and I, I got saved, got someone pregnant or got someone pregnant before marriage. And so what happens, you see these, these, this is these things that happen. And so there's a verse that encourages me in what we deal with. And it says in Ephesians 5.11, it says this, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And so sometimes people dabble in darkness. And they don't know it's darkness because they're blinded to it. It'd be like me coming in here and turning off all the lights and it would become dark. And all of a sudden you go, wait, what the heck is that all about? But the Bible, Bible says that we're, we're supposed to be the light, that God is light. He's represented by light, that we are light. All we are is a reflection. All you are in your relationship with God is your reflection with your relationship with God. How bright is your light? As much as you're willing to put your life up to the light. Does that make sense? And so what happens if I turn on the lights, all the darkness dispels. And that's what God does. When you cry out to him and you're in a battle and you go, Jesus, like Pastor Josh said a while ago, just call out Jesus. And what happens is the light, God comes. He shows up. How many believe that? And so what happens? You see, sometimes people dabble in video games. I don't know what kind of video games they have. Or, or you can be watching things that you shouldn't be watching. Or you open, just open yourself up to things that are not good and unclean. Are you understand what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to start making a list because God can speak to you. In other words, sometimes we dabble in things that we don't know. And what happens today, I'm gonna, I, wanna, I just want to do this. It'd be like the devil taking a shower and I pull the, the sheets back and I expose him. Ah, you know what I mean? I want to expose him for what he is this morning. Is that all right? And so the devil is not a, sim, he's not a symbol of evil. He's not a metaphor. He's not a cosmic force. He is a fallen angel. And, you know, if you know the Bible or if you don't know the Bible, if you look, there was three archangels. There was Michael, who was the war angel, represented war when God went to war with spiritual, in the spiritual realm, Michael. Gabriel was a messenger angel, uh, archangel. When Mary became pregnant, Gabriel was always there to go give a message to someone from God. And then we know Lucifer was uh, over worship. And they said that his body was a musical instrument. They're all, they all resided in heaven an event took place where Lucifer was cast out of heaven. Many scholars believe between Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and verse 2, that's when he was cast out. You can go read it, but in Luke chapter 10, verse 18, he says, Yes, he told them, I saw Satan. Jesus says this. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. When God decided to fight, there wasn't a big struggle. It wasn't like the devil had, you know, like the Lord had the devil in a, headlock, and the devil was, you know, kidney punching him and all that. It wasn't like that. It would be like me getting in the ring with McGregor or Mayf Merriweather. I mean, it would be a two-hit fight. Merriweather would hit me, and I'd hit the floor, and that'd be it. The fight's over with. There's no discussion, and that's how it is. What happened? When we was thrown out. He was thrown out, and so what happens is, is that in Revelations, it, this is what talks, this gives the, the scene of what took place in heaven Right here, I'm going to read it to you. Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. It says this, And there was war in heaven. And here's Michael. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon's the devil. And the, dra the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. See what it says? But he was not what? Strong. strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down to ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan who leads the whole world astray. 
He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So this is where they're operating right now. If you look in John, Gospel of John, it says he's the ruler of the world. In Corinthians, it says he's the God of this age. In Ephesians, he's the prince of the power of the air. And in 1 John, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. In other words, the devil is at war with us. He's at war with us. And see, just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's going to go away. The best gift I can give you is an awareness of what you need to fight. Come on. You see, I I believe this. Peter says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour, resisting him, standing firm in faith. The enemy is prowling around to take you out. I've been to Africa. I've watched lions prowl. I've watched what they do, and they're looking for, they're looking for an opportunity to pounce on something, something that's not aware, something that not seeing what's going on around them. It'd be like a chimpanzee in a tree eating a, uh, eating a banana, sharing it with another chimpanzee. They don't see that or a bamboo, they, uh, a, ba- uh, a baboon. They don't see the lion, but the lion's watching them. How many of you know the enemy is looking for opportunity to come at a weak moment, at a, mo- at a moment in your life when you're unaware? Not only is it unaware, but you open up an opportunity. Sometimes we just open up opportunities ourselves. How many of you have ever done that? Okay. You know, and so what happens is, is, is he's looking for that opportune time. So the devil has power. How much can a, can a Christian be possessed? I don't think they can. Once the Spirit of God lives in you, it can't control the house of God and, and the devil at the same time. Are you hearing me? It just can't. You can still be harassed and oppressed. You can still have things that come against you. But I believe it. Ephesians says, in your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, and don't give the devil a foothold. In other words, let me do a survey. Let's just let's be honest. How many of you have ever sinned in your life? I have. I have. You know? And so, in other words... You, but what happens if we sin and we don't get things resolved or make them right with God or make them right with people, what happens is we open ourselves up for the enemy to begin to come in and take territory in our lives. Are you hearing me? And so what happens is if you, it's like this. If you sin against your brother, like if you do something, say something, or took something that was theirs and you don't get it right, you open yourself up for the enemy to come and have a way in your heart and in your life. Am I making sense? If you sin against a group of people, I think you need to go make those things right with a group of people. You grab that group, whoever you sinned against or whoever you came against. And so what happens is you don't give the enemy an opportunity. And because what happens is he's talking about, it's like it says, don't let the sun go down in your anger. It's like this. Let me give you an example. Here's practical. How many of you have ever been mad at your wife or you've been mad at your husband? Come on, let's be honest. Come on. Just once, at least once. All right, some people twice as much as more people. But anyway, but here's a, here's a question. You ever go to bed at night and you don't get things right? You just don't get, you don't say I'm sorry, forgive me or whatever. You know what happens? You're going to wake up that next morning with a root of bitterness. Then get up that next morning and everything, hey, how's it going? Not good. What are you doing? You know, what's happening? You know, what's happening? You? Your breath stinks. 
golly, in Colgate, you need to go crest. You know what I mean? Just whatever it is. There's just that thing. And what happens is unless we resolve those things, we open ourselves up to allow the enemy to come. And Am I making sense here? Yes. We open our, ourselves up for the enemy to come and to establish roots in our lives. And that's where when we come to the Lord, that's where the Bible says we're to humble ourselves. We're to confess our sins one to another. And we're asked God to forgive us and to confess our sins. And he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of all of our sins. In other words, when we do that, what happens is we, we, we begin to dig the roots out and get rid of the root. Are you hearing me? And that's when we apply the blood of Jesus to our lives. And no longer God doesn't see our sin, but God sees Jesus in us. Does that make sense? And so, you know, John says, dear children, are from, dear, dear, you dear children, are you from God and have overcome them? Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The best news, that's the best news on the planet. So much of what Tracy and I deal with, we treat as spiritual. What do you mean? Let me, just go, let me just say a few things. I don't blame the devil on everything that happens bad. Look, if I run out of gas, it's not the Chevron devil. It's my stupidity not filling up the tank. Come on. Come on. You know, and so what happens is a lot of times I heard, I heard, I don't know if y'all heard, there was a church around here a while back. The devil was sitting on the steps and he started crying. And one of the elders came out and said, what's wrong with you? He goes, man, everybody's blaming everything on me in there, but I had nothing to do with anything. They did it themselves. I want the credit, but I can't have it. And sometimes we give the enemy too much credit for our own stupid choices. Come on. How many of you made a few stupid choices as well? Let's celebrate and have a party. You know what I mean? We've all made stupid choices. We've all done things that are dumb. Sometimes we have dumb written on our forehead. We just look for dumb other people to hang out with. But what happens is, is right here in the scripture, he says, he says you, know, you know, it's like, you know, I think what's going on in America right now and what we're facing in our culture, every culture is facing. If you, watch, if you read history, if you're a student of history, all you have to do is history repeats itself constantly. It repeats itself. It just does. And then what happens, we start bowing down to culture than rather bowing down to God. Because everybody else is doing something, that's why we do it. And we don't even know why we do it, because, but we're, just, we're, just, we're swimming downstream with all the other dead fish. You know, we're floating downstream with all the other dead fish instead of swimming against the currents of our culture like a live fish and saying, you know what, I believe in life. I'm going where the source is. I'm going to be, believe in life. I'm going to swim against the current. You see, I believe this. The Bible says we're, we're in a fight, and you need to learn how to fight. I remember my grandpa, bless his soul, World War II vet, looked at me and said, son, if everybody in you ever want to get in a fight, what you do is you just punch that boy in the nose, and he don't know what to do. And I'm like, okay, that was my lesson. You know? And I thought, well, if anybody comes down, I'm going to punch him in the nose. You know, Papa told me. You know? But Corinthians says it like this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight, we fight with are not the weapons of the world. How do people fight in the world? With their tongue, with guns, with weapons? And he says... On the contrary, they have, the, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And what this scripture is saying, it's really assuming that we're in the fight. That we're actually fighting to be overcomers. How many of you know that we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb? 
And so what happens is a stronghold in that scripture, a stronghold is any lie of the devil that keeps you trapped into slavery. What does that mean? That means whatever keeps you as a slave to that thing. You, you fill in the blanks what that is. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's something that someone told you and you believe that about yourself. Or it's a habit you continue to go back to. Or it's an issue in your life and you're constantly going back to that. And you walk in defeat and you have no victory. And you're going, man, I keep fighting this thing. When am I going to overcome this thing? And, and see, that's a, and demolish means to cast it down. That means to get rid of it, take control of it, cast it to God. The Bible says that we're to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. In other words, when I'm weak and I don't know what to do, go, here it is, God. I'm casting it on you. I don't know what to do. I mean, you know, that boss of mine, Lord, the Lord, I don't believe in murder, but I want to kill him. But Lord, help me. I'm casting this thing toward you. You understand what I'm saying? You cast your cares. So you throw them. You know the greatest thing if you're, if you're playing baseball, the two things you need, hand and, eye coordinate, hand and eye coordination. And if you keep your eye on your fight, and you know where to put your hand, just like a ball when it's coming. Same with you. You and I, we got to keep our eye on the fight. We don't fight against flesh and blood. The person that's in front of you, you're not fighting them. You're fighting what's influencing them. Thanks for all those amens. Amen. And sometimes they may be fighting what's influencing you. That's to me. There's a part of Christianity that's confrontational with the devil, and you don't need to be afraid. You hear me? There are times we just go, this is it. How many of you ever been sick and tired of being sick and tired? And you go, that's it. I'm drawing the line. And see, I don't understand. Why do we allow the enemy to continue to come and take ground? When God has called us to be more than overcomers, we have victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. So I want to teach you, what are the weapons and how do we use them? All right, here we are. There's three of them. Number one is the name of Jesus. The name. We, we intentionally sang songs today boasting on the name of Jesus. What a, what a wonderful name. What a powerful name. You know what? There's other names that have powerful meanings. So cancer is a powerful name. Debt is a powerful name. Addiction is a powerful name. Depression is a powerful name. But I got good news for you. In Philippians, it says, Therefore God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him a name that's above every name. That is the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God our Father. Amen? He has the name above every name. Right. In my house, if my wife said it's dinner time, and I tell Olivia, tell the boys, tell the boys, dinner's ready. And she goes back there and she goes, dinner's ready. Mama wants everybody to come. She comes back to me and she goes, Daddy, they're not coming. Go tell them Daddy said. How many of you know that changes the whole tune? There's authority in daddy. Okay? Dang, daddy said we better get there. And so what happens, this is what, what we do as Christians. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What does that mean? When you call upon the Lord, they used to have the old commercials when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Remember that commercial? When you speak to God, God listens. He stops. They called me. Call my name. 
You use the name. You call the name. You sing the name. You pray the name. You see, you're praying to God the Father in the name of Jesus. I remember that moment when I, when I was on the back of a, I was in a boat and we were in a storm and, and, and I did everything I could and I, God was dealing with my heart and I called out his name. I said, Jesus, if you're real, show me. And God began to open my eyes and show me things that I never saw. And it began to let me see that, you know, that I began to see that I was really in a battle and I was, I was actually losing the battle. I lost the battle. How many of you ever tried your best and, you, and you, it doesn't help? That's your best. Come on. That's your best. But if you give it to God, he gives it his best. And see, this morning, I want to pray a prayer over you this morning. And I believe there's things that we all struggle with and there are all things that we deal with. And I want to pray the name of Jesus over every one of those struggles that you struggle with this morning. Can we bow our heads? And, we just, and if you just hear your, that thing that you struggle with, that's it, God. I just want to pray. Heavenly Father, we just, we just come and we want to worship you. We, we surrender ourselves in this church completely to you this morning in every area. We take a skin against the, end, the devil and we resist all the endeavors of Satan and his wicked spirits to rob us of the will of God. So in the name of Jesus, I take authority over bitterness, over unforgiveness, resentment, hate, malice, envy, jealousy, insecurity, fear, rejection, self-pity, self-hate, anger, rage, murder, violence, sexual immorality, impurity, adultery, fornication, and lust, and pornography, pride, lying spirits, rebellion, deception, manipulation, control, criticism, judgmentalism, arrogance, prejudice, racism, greed, materialism, selfishness, covetousness, depression, anxiety, worry, suicide, addiction, alcoholism, drunkenness, obesity, false doctrine, stealing, laziness, humiliation, witchcraft, blasphemy, sickness, disease, and chronic health. I declare in the name of Jesus as higher than them. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on. Come on, give God glory. I just feel like, you know, for some of us, it's just like freedom. Come on. It's just freedom. It's in the name of Jesus. Second weapon is this. It's the word of God. The word of God has power. Say me, say with me. Say power. power. Hebrews says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. See this right here? I love the word of God. I read the word of God every day. I don't care. I don't care how much you mark your Bible up. I have notes that I have to go, hey, what is, you know. It's not how much your Bible's marked up. It's whether or not God's marked your life through his word. Are you hearing me? And you know what? Yesterday was a cool breeze, and I went outside, and I read the Bible every day, and I go, I'm going outside. I want to enjoy the weather. And I was just reading it, and I began to read. I've been reading through Romans, and I was reading it. You know, and the Bible says, don't be conformed to an image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, I mean, that's what the Word of God does. We don't want to let culture, you know, tell us who we are and what we are, that we're just a mass. And we, when you take us all down, we only equal $12.33. But we're so valuable that the Son of God came from heaven by God's Word. And he came to heaven for you and I. And the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross for you and me. 
I don't care where you came from. I don't care who your daddy or your mama was. I don't care what side of the tracks or the river or the riverbanks or the bayou or the levee. God loves you. And he came for you and I. The Bible says he demonstrated his love while we were yet living our own way. Christ died. I was reading it, and I think I love the Word of God. And you see, some of you, you, some of you are electronic Bible people, and I'm not against you, but I like having pages. I'm just old school. And sometimes I can see where our pages were. Maybe I've cried, wrote a note, or God spoke to me about something, or gave me a promise, write it down. But when I closed it yesterday, I do this all the time. I got my Bible, and I just kissed it. Thank you, God, for your word is a lamp into my feet. It's a light to my path. Thank you for your word that by your stripes I'm healed. No matter what I face, you're there with me. See, the word of God, it's a sword. It's an offensive weapon. It's the only offensive weapon in the armor of God. Ephesians says this, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the blessed plate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. See, Jesus, we know that Jesus was tempted. Remember, imagine, you imagine fasting for 40 days. How many of you missed a meal like once during the day? And you go, and your stomach's going, and you're just going, oh man, I gotta eat, I gotta eat. Imagine 40 days. And the first thing the devil throws at him is food. Duh. I'll give you some bread. But you know, see what the devil forgot about, he was born in Bethlehem. It's called the place of bread. And then he was called the bread of life. He was getting his bread and his life from somewhere else, a different source. Are you hearing me? He was spending time with the Father. He was doing business with the Father. He was, not only was he doing business with the Father, but he was dwelling. And then he, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know, and we know he rebuked him. Get behind me. He basically said, your mama. <laughs> oh, well, oh, that's right. You ain't got none. <laughs> anyway. See, let me just say something. The Bible is not about a nice little thought. It's a weapon. And you need to treat it like one. Look, I got some weapons in my house. I got a shotgun to go goose hunting. Guess what? I clean that weapon so when I go kill geese and I take the fowl of the earth, because I, I quote Genesis, you know, that, that God has given us dominance over the fowl of the earth. The Bible tells us in Acts, arise, kill, and eat. So we do that. Amen, Pastor Josh? And so it's not just an it, You treat it like a weapon. You, 
You know what you do with weapons? You, you clean them, you look at them, you make sure everything's going right in proper order. So when you get to the war, you know what you're dealing with. And sometimes you go, well, pastor, and that's why you get behind the scenes. You pray, you get to know the word, you hide God's word in your heart like David said. He said, I hid God's word in my heart so I wouldn't sin against him. So when the day of battle comes, all of a sudden you're going, I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden things start coming out of you. Things that were in you. It's like the Mr. Miyagi, Karate First Part 2, not the, the, the recreated the old Mr. Miyagi. Remember he came, he said, wax on, wax off. But he goes, he goes, why do you make me wax on, wax off? And he goes, Daniel-san, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden what happens, he begins to realize what happened is that God was, you know what? That's how God is with us. When we face battle, it's like Mr. Miyagi's trying to teach, God's trying to teach us. And so when the enemy shows up, all of a sudden we start going, yeah, don't take that, you know? Come on. Take that. You know, that's where you go. No weapon formed against me will prosper. You know, by the blood of by, if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just. Quit condemning me. I'm not conformed. I'm not conformed by this world. I've been transformed. My mind is new, and I'm taking on the newness of God. Amen? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's when the word begins to just come flowing out of you. Are you hearing me? See, Luke says, I have I've given you authority and power over the enemy, and nothing shall harm you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to read this. I want you to learn this. I want you to use this. There's one thing. Yes, quit letting it be like that, that pretty Bible on your grandma's coffee table with the pictures. Oh, look at Jesus right there. You know? Oh, that's when Daniel and the, and the little boys were in the lion's den. That's a pretty little lion. It wasn't a pretty lion. It was a hungry lion. And angels aren't little, little babies with diapers and little wings on them. If you had an angel show up, you would have to wear your Depends. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Learn it. Read it. Use it. And the last one, I'm going to be done. So it's the name of Jesus, it's the word, and it's the power of the cross. I have a friend of mine that was a karate champion, it's Greg Ball. And there's a guy named Lawrence Taylor who's an all, all pro, defensive, like everything kind of guy, animal in football. And my friend heard, he was doing Bible season with a lot of NFL teams, and he heard that LT was, it was thinking about giving his life to the Lord, and he was wearing a cross one day. And you got to know, this guy's not that big, but he's tough, tough as nails, Greg. And he goes, hey, man, LT, hey, LT. He was all excited, wanted to meet him, you know, guy you, know, you really respect and somebody goes, hey, 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 uh, hey, man, I heard, I heard you, I heard you, you, you gave your life to the Lord. He goes, what? He goes, man, I, no, no, man, I, I'm not into all that. And my friend looked at him, he said, he said, then why don't you, you see that cross around your neck? Why don't you swallow that cross and see if it'll get to your heart? Wow. <laughs> the ultimate defeat of the enemy is the cross. Most people think the cross was just to pay for our sins. But there was something happened between a Friday and a Sunday. On Friday, they beat Jesus. But Sunday hadn't come yet. 
On Friday, they plucked his beard. They put, a, they put a crown of thorns on his head. But that was Friday. But Sunday was still coming. See, Friday, they put him in the grave. And they said, that's it. We're done with this guy. All of his followers are going to fall away. But that was Friday. But Sunday was coming. And we know what happened on Sunday. What happened, he bust the rock from the tomb and he rose from the grave and that we have resurrection power and that's why we're able to do what we do. The Bible says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in every one of us. You have power. Thank God for the cross, but thank God for the resurrection. If you look in the book of Acts and you look at all the disciples, they didn't have a Bible, but they had, the, they had an eyewitness of the resurrection. They had eaten with Jesus. They had seen Jesus. They had been around Jesus. They saw him, and they preached resurrection life. You see, Revelation says like that, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forever. Amen. I have the keys of Hades and death. In other words, when Jesus went down into hell in those three days, what he did is he pimp slapped the devil and took the authority back from him and took the keys and he said, I have power now. I have power to put this thing in the ignition and give you places where you thought you could never go before, but you will travel with me and do things you never thought you could ever do. Amen. Thanks. Sorry for saying that, but I felt that just anyway, felt good. <laughs> Anything the devil throws at you, Listen to me, Jesus has already won. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? I'm not fighting to get victory. I fight from victory. He's already won the victory for us. He's already taken care of the business. All we got to do is be a follower. All we have to do is deny ourselves, take up his cross, and follow him. That's all. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. No other religion claims resurrection but Christianity. And that's, a, that's the, the one thing that Jesus has done in our lives. He's changed us. And see, re revelations, are you all with me? And this is the scripture, and I have one scripture after this, and I'm done. This is a scripture that got me through. When I got diagnosed with cancer seven years ago, this is a scripture that God really spoke to me, and, 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 and God really helped me through that, to walk through this battle. We all face battles. Are you hearing me? I had to use the word of God. I have to use the name of Jesus. I have to embrace the cross and what God's done for me. Amen? Amen. And so what happens is, it says in Revelation 5, they have, they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they do not count their life as dear unto themselves. You know, when I started thinking about that, I said, you are the same God that on May 15th in 1980 that I bowed my knee bowed, and I gave my life. I confessed my sins. I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I began to serve you. You're the same God that rescued me. You're the same God that got me out of my junk. You're the same God that delivered me from all my junk. Come on. And you're the same God that can heal me. You're the same God that will be with me. You're the same God that healed me and you'll fill me. You'll do whatever you need. And you know what? And the testimony is this, that all of us face tests. Say we say test. Some of you might be in your biggest test right now. Oh, whew, pastor, it's a relational test. Lord, you don't know the woman I'm married to. And she's going, whew, Lord, you, you know him, Lord, help him out. I don't know what it is. You could have got a bad report. You could have got bad news. You could have had someone come against you. Can I just tell you something? It's just a test. It's only a test of the emergency broadcasting system. It's only a test. It's only, wouldn't, we, wouldn't it be nice if we had the announcement the test was coming? But it's only a test. 
And by the glory of God, I should be dead. I had 21 months to live. I've been alive seven years. So thank God. God gets the glory. He's honored. I'm still fighting things in my body, but I'm not walking in fear. I'm not walking in trepidation. I'm not going, like, I'm going to England and kick the devil's butt. Come on. I'm going to another continent. Come on. And so what happens is, is that I believe this. Just say your testimony. Sometimes, listen, sometimes the best thing you can do is just share your testimony. I've been saved. I remember the day. I remember the moment. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm, tra I'm transformed. I'm blessed. Death doesn't have power over me, but I have life. Come on. Life more abundantly. You may say, well, Pastor Bubba, you don't know what I'm going through. Can I say something? I don't. I don't have osmosis. Sometimes when Pastor Josh or I preach, somebody goes, Pastor Bubba, you were looking at me the whole time you were preaching, and God was speaking. You just knew what I was going through. No, I didn't. But if I look like that, but whatever, you give me one more credit than I'm due. It's just God working in you. You see, Romans says it like this. Listen to me. If you're walking through something, let me, all of us are going to walk through difficulty. Listen to me. Everybody's going to have pain in their life. What brought me to God was pain. Come on. And sometimes when people can't get through the pain of what they're walking through to find God, they stop and they live in their pain for the rest of their life. And see, pain should draw us to God. Pain should help us grow. Pain should be a benefit that we embrace sometimes. Amen? But see, in our culture, we're more concerned. Oh, I broke my nail. Maybe Jesus healed my toenail. Who I mean, God cares. But I think about people in Iraq and the Sudan, Libya, Syria, all parts of, Af parts of Africa, parts of the Middle East, where there are more Christians being persecuted for their faith in Jesus that are still being crucified and beheaded. There are more people dying for the cause of Jesus in this time period of history than any other time period in history before. Right now. In China. Right now. You know in North Korea, they have all that stuff, but there's, there, there, there's people that are saved in North Korea. The church. You see... It says this in Romans, does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Or are we persecuted or hungry or desolate or in danger or threatened with death? In all these things, we are, this one it says, more than conquerors. See, when you trust God in your difficult times, our stumbling box becomes stepping stones. See, when you face the, your deepest fears, our faith grows because we find God to be faithful. When doubts cloud our minds, it's time to focus on God's grace, God's greatness, and God's wisdom to get us through whatever we're faced with. Amen? Amen. And see, this morning, if you've been having a battle, welcome to earth. Welcome to mankind, humankind. Let me tell you something. Whatever you're faced with, the Bible says he's intimately acquainted with all of our ways. He knows the struggles you have. He knows the things you're dealing with. Maybe you're serving God, but you, you, 
you, you, there's many of you maybe serving God, you're just struggling, you're in a battle, and you just need some encouragement. That means some courage poured in you. It's like I got a pitcher of water, and it's like you're that cup, and I'm just like, all right, I got to get it, and we're going to pour it in until it overflows, until you leak. If that's all I did this morning to encourage you, praise God. Mission accomplished. But if you're at a place in your life, you can go, Pastor Bubba, I feel like every day when I wake up, I feel like I get hit by a Mack truck. I feel like every day I'm in this same battle. And I feel like I wanna, I, I'm doing my best. And it's not getting me anywhere. I feel like I'm in that, I feel like I'm in a dream. And it's like I'm about to cross over and my life's going to be different. But it's like a nightmare. I wake up and it's the same thing. The definition of insanity is you keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. The name of Jesus, the word of God, the cross, resurrection power. Unless you depend on those, you'll still, like the song, going around in circles. That's all you're going to do. That's all you're going to do. But the reality to what we need today for all of us, some of you need encouragement. Others, you just, you've been walking the fence. And eventually when you walk on a fence, you're going to fall on one side or the other. You just, you are. And my desire is you fall in the hands of Jesus who knows you, who loves you, who cares for you, who gives you the ability to do what you can't do on your own.